Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Uh, we had an interesting <coughs> conversation while we were on break about all the things we ought to be talking about. And I said, well, wait a minute. Let's just uh, let's just talk about it with the listeners. But uh, risk management and uh, uh, handling the state's insurance are two big areas. So let's talk about those two areas. Well, under our Department of Insurance, we're in the risk management business. So we're charged with the responsibility of providing risk management to every building the state of North Carolina, the people own, which is over 13,000 buildings. Now, does that include county buildings and city buildings, or is that just this state is owned? state-owned? This is state-owned. And the total 15,000-plus total properties, that's a big deal. And so we're working now with the legislature to try to get more inspectors because we don't have enough people now to go around and inspect to make sure they're properly covered for risk. But that's one of the things we've done. Uh, and under under our building inspections, what I'll mention this. Last year we worked with the legislature to get a bill passed because we were getting complaints from some of the building inspectors in different areas of some of the contractors that were saying we're having to wait a week and two weeks to get a building inspector to come out on this job site. It's holding up everything. Yeah. It's costing us a lot of money. So we were fortunate to get legislation passed that required all of these building inspections jurisdictions. There's 220 building inspection jurisdictions to say you have three business days to, to get this inspection done. And that took place in June of last year, 2018. And in the first six months, we saved the people and the construction industry over $30 million just by that common sense legislation. And, of course, that saves the ultimate buyer because he's paying for that. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Now, one thing we did learn from Hurricane Florence on these state buildings is very few of our state buildings are covered for flood insurance. Out of the 13,000 state buildings, we had 77 that had flood coverage, and that was it. And unfortunately, it's about that bad with the homeowners. Uh, you know, we've got 10.5 million people living in North Carolina, several million homeowners, less than 135,000 homeowners in North Carolina have flood insurance under the federal flood insurance program. So what that means, if we ha if they're damaged for any kind of flood, they're not covered. And most of the damage in hurricanes is water. That is true. Yeah. But people always worry about the wind speed and all that. The biggest problem is always water. Water's the problem. Yeah. Now, in that regard, is anybody doing anything about, because a lot of the flooding happened because uh, of the rain inland, and we just couldn't handle it. Is anybody working, and I know this is not necessarily your area, but is anybody working on being sure the water gets distributed a little quicker to eliminate maybe some of the flood damage, uh, say, in areas like Kinston and Goldsboro in these areas? You know, uh, prior to being elected insurance commissioner, I worked with the Department of Transportation for about four years in the roadside environmental unit uh, under the Adopt a Highway program. So we were working with Wildflower program, roadsides. And this is just my personal observation. 
I don't think we've had uh, side ditches cleaned out in 30 or 40 years in North Carolina. We And we've got rivers and streams that haven't been dredged in decades or maybe forever in some cases. And so you have creeks, rivers, and streams that are clogged up. You have side ditches that are clogged up. And there's just nowhere for a lot of this water to run. And then you have all the urban development likes happening in Wake and surrounding counties with all the concrete. And the water has to go somewhere. Somewhere. So that is creating a tremendous problem downstream and I think is something that needs to be addressed. Well, we always uh, laugh and talk about how flat eastern North Carolina is, but when there's a two or three feet a foot difference uh, in some areas, what you create is a lake. Exactly. Uh, And and it it, it won't drain. I mean, you know, it's just there. Uh, You see it all the time if you go drive through, as, as I have, through eastern North Carolina in the fields, after a heavy rain, you'll see those little pools out no. in the field just standing water. And the uh, only way for it to go is down. Of course, as dry as it is this week, we need a little rain. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, we never we uh, you know we never can be satisfied with rain. It's either too much or too it, little. Rarely is it just right. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about your role as fire marshal. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about uh, – uh, that role is not only do you work with city and county fire units that are paid professionals, but you deal with an awful lot of wonderful people who are called volunteer firemen. That's right, and, and I want to give a shout-out to all of our volunteer firefighters and all of our first responders, uh, EMS, law enforcement, everybody that's out there on the front lines. But I make it a point every week to get out in the counties and visit different fire departments, uh, primarily volunteer fire departments. This week we were down at Sharpsburg, and uh, that's a town that actually covers three counties. It's Wilson, Nash, Edgecombe. And I talked to a former fire chief, and he said, I have breakfast every morning in three different counties because the restaurant's right there in the corner of those three counties. And by going out and meeting with these firefighters and talking with the emergency management folks, you get to know and understand the problems locally, and you find out that the local problems are pretty common all across North Carolina and the nation. And we still have 70% of our firefighters that are volunteers. Now, you need to think about this. These are volunteers. They are donating their time. And we do have paid firefighters. For example, we have firefighters in the city of Raleigh and the city of Greensboro that also serve as volunteer firefighters for some of the outlying fire departments. But all in North Carolina and all across the nation, 90% of our fire departments depend on volunteers to operate. Now, if we had to pay all these people, it would be an incredible burden. You wouldn't have enough money because we have counties, and there's there's not that many counties in North Carolina left that are totally volunteer, but we still have some counties that have all-volunteer fire departments in those counties. And if that county had to pay, it would be millions of dollars per fire department that, that it would cost the 
the taxpayers. So, well, you know, the, the other thing I think deserves a lot of recognition here is not only are they not paid and not uh, their time is involved, but they're they're in hazardous work. I mean, they, they're they're putting the life on them. They line. are putting their life on the lines every day. We see it. Uh, we tragically every year we have uh, firefighters. Many times the volunteer firefighters are killed in the line of duty, and people don't realize the, the risk, the exposure. There's risk. There's more cancer risk uh, to, to some of these different chemicals, and sometimes they're, they're uniforms. And, so, and the stress and the hardships that it places on their families. I'll give you an example. I was up in the mountains a few weeks back, we're having a luncheon with some of the firefighters, and they just ordered their food, and no food had been served yet. We had we had water, and a couple of iced teas had been delivered, but the fire call went off, and those firefighters had to jump up and leave. They never got to take the first bite of food, and I say, how many times have we seen that, where our police officers, state troopers, or firefighters have have placed that order at a restaurant, and they had to make that call, the EMT folks, and they never get that first bite of food. And Mm -hmm. the fire chief sort of joked with me. He said, we get a lot of calls in the summertime, so we lose a little Mm -hmm. weight. We don't get to eat that much. So we all take that for granted. We go out to eat with our family. We order food. We expect to get that food and eat it and have a leisurely meal. But these uh, first responders don't have that luxury. Are are they supplying all their manpower needs? Do we have plenty of volunteer firemen, or is that getting to be a problem? It's a problem, just like it's a problem in most of our civic organizations. Uh, you, I don't care if it's the Lions Club, Civitans, uh, Kiwanis, or even a Rotary Club. They're all struggling for members, but almost every fire department in North Carolina is struggling to recruit and retain volunteers. So we're working diligently, uh, particularly with our schools. Uh, the best programs we have is in our high schools where these some of the high schools have junior firefighter programs or fire safety academies, things like that. Now these are helping turn things around because these programs are getting students interested sometimes at an early age like elementary and middle school that see these programs and want to join those when they get to high school and i'll tell you if you don't get to these young children at an early age if you can't wait till they're 16 you know, by that time they're thinking about cars and other things and uh, it's hard to recruit them well, it, 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 the uh, the amount of hours they spend is just incredible in what they do. You know, one of the other interesting things about uh, rural volunteer fire departments is a lot of times the whole community is built around the, the volunteer fire department. That's the center of their community. That's what I've always said. We're, I grew up in uh, rural North Carolina where I still live, and our fire departments, Alamance Fire Department, is the center of that community, and that's true with every community you, know, you always say the church and the fire department is, is where everything centers around. So, you know, we all owe a debt of gratitude to our volunteer firefighters, to all firefighters, and and to those volunteer fire departments, and we need to do everything we can to support them. We do have a matching grant program 
we're, we're working hard with the legislature, and I would encourage people to contact their legislators and tell them that you support the matching grant program. We need to expand that matching grant program because last year we had over 200 volunteer fire departments that were very needy fire departments that couldn't get any matching grant money because there wasn't enough to go around. We gave away almost $9 million in matching grants, but we had requests for about $13 million. Commissioner Mike Causey is our guest. He's the Insurance Commissioner of North Carolina. We'll be back with one final segment right after these messages. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. I'm not staying home tonight. I'm at school all day. If they want me to do the work, give it to me while I'm at school. This guy has me coming to work 10 hours a day. So what if I didn't finish school? That doesn't mean he can work me like a dog. Hey, man, I need a few bucks. My car's busted and I need some cash. Hello? Hello? Every decision you make has a benefit or a consequence. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the United States Air Force. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey is our guest, and uh, we've talked about all sorts of things. If you have missed this uh, early part of the broadcast, you can go online to Carolina Newsmakers. Dot com and hear the entire broadcast again, or if you happen to be listening to one of the stations that carries only the 30-minute version of the program, the two segments that you missed are also isolated there, and you can listen to those. And, of course, insurance covers so many things, and we all have involvements. And, of course, as we've also talked about, the insurance commissioner is also um, uh, working with uh, Fire, uh, fire. he's the fire marshal of the state of North Carolina by virtue of his job as well. Uh, you, you brought up something uh, while we were off, uh, Mike, a few minutes ago about lost life insurance. And you've got a new program there, and it's, what is it, uncovered $35 billion? It's one of the best programs that, that I've seen. If somebody dies, say your family member passes away, you're not sure if that person has life insurance or not. Well, all you need to do is contact the Department of Insurance and give us the person's full name, their address, if you know the Social Security number, date of birth, any of that pertinent information. What we'll do is run a national database search, and if they ever had life insurance or maybe an old paid-up policy from 50 years ago, it'll show up. And as you said, last year in 2018, we located over $35 million for people that didn't even know they had coverage. This that is, year, that's in North Carolina. Alone. That's just here in North Carolina. Now, 
This year, I believe we're going to far exceed what we did last year. The first month in January, we exceeded five million dollars. That's and that's just uh, that's a good gift. I mean, it's just an absolute. Well, gift. it's also a, a boom to the North Carolina economy yes. because when you take thirty-five million dollars that people didn't know they had, and all of a sudden people are able to spend another thirty-five million dollars yeah. on paying bills or whatever, that's a tremendous help. Now, the General Assembly is in session. Uh, we haven't talked about legislation. You mentioned a couple of causes during the broadcast. What are the th- concerns that you have that are pending uh, legislation, or what legislation is uh, up for consideration well, that affects insurance? We have quite a few bills, and, and, and there again, I urge the legislators to support what we send. When we send something over to the legislature, it's been vetted and, and well thought through, it's been looked at by actuaries and so forth, but one that we support through the independent insurance agents was the hands-free NC bill, and that over 90% of the public support that bill, and this would give our law enforcement more tools to enforce the no texting while driving law. And all the hands-free bill says that if you're driving on the highway, you cannot be holding that cell phone in your hand. Georgia passed a law. When they passed the law in the first year, their accident, their, their uh, fatal accident rate dropped 16%. Their insurance rates also dropped. Another bill that we have is a rate-making bill, and we're getting, for some reason, we get some resistance from some of the legislators, but I'll tell you, uh, Insurance rates are going to go up. Automobile rates are going to go up. We've sent this rate-making bill over to make the inexperienced driver years longer. And if if you're what I'd classify as a, a bad driver or somebody that passes a stop school bus, you get four points, you're multiple DUIs, something like that, those points would under this bill, would stay more years on your record. Now, if the legislature will pass this bill, that will help us hold down the rates. If this bill doesn't pass, the rates will go up because uh, there's just so many claims coming in. Well, as we said earlier, the insurance companies don't have a pot of money that doesn't come from the policy buyers. It's the buyers that fund the insurance We're all paying for it. Yes. Now, you also mentioned uh, grants for fire departments. We just mentioned that a few minutes ago, but for volunteer fire departments that need help, uh, there wasn't enough grant money last year to supply all their needs. Yeah, and there again, we had another bill where we were trying to to raise the amount of grant money by increasing. It's a a small fee on the premium tax dollars for insurance. I don't want to get too complicated, but it would just raise that just a – tiny bit to give us more funding to help these fire departments and uh, that met with some opposition from some of the legislative leadership so you know we need that help for these fire departments yeah i want you to repeat one fact that uh, we said earlier in the program i just thought it was just really interesting that i think you said 70 percent of all firemen are volunteers that is right that's incredible i mean you know if we don't have 70% of the police or sheriff's departments that are volunteers, and that's and, incredible. And there's some, as I said, some counties in North Carolina 
every firefighter in that county is a volunteer yeah, firefighter. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that's just really a, a, a staggering bit of information that I I was unaware that was anywhere close to that. I knew it was uh, a very valuable service being provided by these folks, but I didn't realize it was quite well, that it's, many. It's dropping. It, it's it'll probably come down to the high sixties uh, this year, sixty eight, sixty nine. It's harder and harder to recruit these volunteers. It's harder and harder to retain these volunteers. So you see some of the volunteers having to go to paid staff no. to, just to keep their doors open. Well, that's a, that's a good time to remind folks, if you happen to live in a rural area or an area supplied by a volunteer fire department and you've got any interest in it, why don't you stop in and volunteer? That's a good Thank thing you. to do. That's a, that's a great thing to do. Um, any other legislation that uh, you feel like will affect uh, the insurance industry or the building industry because you also could work in that area? Well, two things. One is we have a fraud bill of, of, to, to really take our state statutes on fraud and make them more comprehensive. This is a model bill from the National Association of Insurance Commissioners and uh, since I've been commissioner, I have we've doubled the number of law enforcement officers under the Department of Insurance. We, but we're still way behind where we need to be. We get over 5,000 criminal complaints a year on insurance fraud. We have 40 sworn law enforcement officers to cover 100 counties, 10.5 million population. So we need additional help with our firefighters. But what this fraud bill will do is help clarify our state statutes and it will help hold down insurance costs. So I'm urging our legislators to pass that. And the other thing is we're asking for 11 state inspectors to help us inspect. And the funding, we're self-funded. So all the money, when we ask the legislature for money, they get that money back plus 6% interest because we bring in over $700 million a year in revenue to the general fund. So we will fund it through our fire insurance fund. But we're asking the legislators for 11 positions for these state inspectors. And, and uh, we also have a program called Smart NC where if somebody's got a program, a problem with a hospital or doctor, call us. We'll help you solve that. We're all out of time. You're almost perfect. You've given me just enough time to thank Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey for being our guest. And if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and listen to the entire broadcast or share it with a friend. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another guest for us again next week on the same group of stations. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.